0: Hey, everybody. This is Tom Singer. It is Thanksgiving week, and I hope that you have lots of things to be thankful for. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to cool things entrepreneurs do. So this week, instead of two episodes, we're going to release seven episodes. That's one show every day Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're going to have some fun today talking with somebody who is what I think one of the most entrepreneurial people in the events industry, somebody who I know very well, Cindy Lowe from Red Velvet Events. But before we get started, I just want to thank you for coming back and listening to another episode, or if this is your first one, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have been doing this now for, gosh, it seems like almost eight weeks. And the feedback that we've gotten has been really, really positive from listeners. People seem to like the energy, they like the sort of And table back and forth talking that I do with the entrepreneurs who I interview. And we've, if you've been following it at all, we've had a little bit of fun in the fact that we've ranked really high on iTunes. Now, this show won't come out for about three weeks from when we're recording it, but yesterday we were number two. On career podcasts for most of the day, and and some of the podcasts that are out there are are celebrities. I'm just a guy sitting at my kitchen table having a great conversation with you know some some entrepreneurs, and we ranked really really high. So I really appreciate that because a lot of that comes from uh, the downloads and the reviews that people are leaving. So I really appreciate the support that I'm getting in this early early young show. So today's episode is sponsored by the Executive Press Division of New Year Publishing. New Year Publishing specializes in assisting CEOs, entrepreneurs and other executives in producing high-quality industry-focused publications that enhance the brand of the author and their companies. You can find more information about the Executive Press Division at New Year Publishing at newyearpublishing.com. So let's jump into today's conversation. Today I have with me Cindy Lowe from Red Velvet Events. She has been in business 12 years. In fact, she told me that just two weeks ago, she hit the 12 year mark. But before she became sort of this entrepreneur in the meetings and events business, uh, Red Velvet Events is a full service event production company she was a technical project manager for Trilogy Software, so she comes out of tech, and one day she decided, hey, I'm going to go and, and start my own business in the events world, and she has had just amazing success. And she still considers her business a startup, even though it's 12 years old and she has 17 employees, she's still, she's still growing and, and expanding her business. So Cindy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Tom, for having me, and congratulations on the top ranking. I, last I saw was number three, so congrats on the bu- one, mu- one bump.
0: Yeah, well, I think we're down to number four or five today. It's, I don't know how iTunes does their algorithm because it changes all the time, but it, but it is fun to see it, it go up and down in the top that spots. That is a lot of fun. <laughs> so, Cindy, tell us a little bit. You started in tech. So how did you get from tech to being you know, a, an event coordinator?
1: Yes, that clearly has been uh, the number one question when people hear about it, especially since my background too is I graduated from business school at uh, an undergraduate. Um, So it was sort of accidental. Uh, I did come out after the post 9-11 era and when I wanted to change jobs, but at the same time I was trying to get into an industry, the events industry, with almost little to no professional experience. And so the feedback I kept getting from people, even though I had a career and a profession before, was that I needed experience. So in business school, they teach you, you know, if you, if you have an idea, put a business plan together and start it. And so my, my thought at the time, 12 years, years ago, was I'm going to put a business plan together. I'll start the business. I'll work for it about a year, and then I'll quit. And so that way I can go back and interview with these people and show them that I have the experience. <laughs> well, needless to say, yeah. I never did that because now we're here today, 12 years later. Well,
0: I think some of those people probably wish they had just hired you because you have come on by storm and and become a major player in the space.
1: Um, I probably, yeah, I would say I would say probably some of them have a little bit of regret. Uh, some of them were actually I would call them event partners. They were like caterers and and they were like, wow. Uh, even a photographer met uh, saw me the other day and he goes. I'm telling you, I had no idea that you would be coming in like this because when you first told me you wanted to get into the industry, I was like, yeah, uh-huh, yep, another one. Good luck. <laughs> and so, so,
0: so tell, yeah. so, so tell us, you jumped in and, and started this business and, and, and it took off. So tell us about the early days.
1: So the early days was just me, myself, and I. In fact, for the first two and a half years, it was me working out of a home. Um, I basically, the very, first thing I did was set up shop online. I I created a website, created a brand. Um, I used what uh, network I did have at the time and reached out and explained to people that I was changing careers. Um, And that actually is what probably was the one major reason why the business has been so successful. I did not realize that my reputation from college was as strong as it was, that people believed in me before I had even really started the company and they gave me referrals right off the bat to sh- you know to do events. So I basically went in and and um, and and basically did any and every event. I mean from weddings to parties to corporate, anything. Now, twelve years later, though, we do hone in mostly on corporate, but um, at the very beginning, I took anything and everything and I grew it e- with each and every one. I used those learning opportunities and ch- and grew the business from there.
0: So did you have like a calling your whole life to be an entrepreneur or was this something that just sort of hit you because you wanted to make a change and leave tech?
1: So that is a great question because if you knew me in college, I would have told you the entire time, even though they encourage entrepreneurship, that I was the type to be more of a follower, maybe a manager level, but I would always be a follower in that sense. But a, a lot of people were saying, ah, no, I think you're going to start your own business. But because my dad actually has his own business, and for my most of my childhood, I ran the business for him because he's a first-generation immigrant here, I knew how much work would be involved. And so I wasn't really hungry for that. But then what happened was while I was working at Trilogy, which was a startup company at the time, and, and, uh, and now I mean still around, but uh, in a different sense, I got that bug back again. And so when it came time for me to do my own thing, it was one of those decisions where I looked at it and I was like, am I having fun? Am I learning? Am I also getting to do what I want to do? And the fact that all three of those were answered I I felt like this was sort of my calling and um and I'm not I'm I'm definitely a more of a realistic type person so knowing that, that not everything is greener on the other side you know so so I take it day by day, but I do think it is a natural fit eventually. I was just being stubborn at the beginning saying that I wanted to work for someone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so a lot of businesses fail the first year or the first two years. So you've had longevity. To make it 12 years puts you in, in, a, in a high echelon of successful businesses. What's the biggest difference between that first year and today? Definitely
1: one, I have a lot more security now. Um, <laughs> second is... I will tell you, though, to make it past the first three years, which was the hardest part, was the fact that I had a partner that supported me financially and emotionally. Um, So that way, if I did fail, um, and I did have like little mini failures in between, mind you, it was not always perfect, you know, Um, that I had something to fall back on. And then second is, I quickly identified who was my support group. Again, not only on the event side, but also on the Um, growing the business side. I I actually got a board of advisors to help me grow and take the company to the next level each and every year, push me beyond my comfort zone, so to speak.
0: So you bring up the fact that you had a supportive partner. So you've been married for a long time, and you're the mother of two children. Yes. And your husband is also an entrepreneur. Now, he's not in the events business. Yes. But he owns his own company. Yeah. (laughs) So what, what what does he do?
1: He is in the software business. He uh, does business process management, which is a niche market. Uh, But interestingly enough, we actually co-office on the same floor in the office building now. Um, But we have opposite sides of the building, so we don't necessarily carpool together because I have appointments and he does too. Um, And people do uh, kind of look at us and think, wow, are you guys crazy? Or are you just greedy?
0: <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating that, you, that your companies sort of co-office together when they aren't related in any way. And I know because his company's a little larger than yours, but I know you also—I don't know if you still do—but in the early days, you held your Christmas parties together for your for your staff.
1: Yes, yes, we actually used to. Oh, good Good memory. Um, we did stop after his company grew over 30 and they have their own and we have our own. He has 70 employees currently and we have 17. So we've grown quite a bit. So it, we have uh, done our own things, but like we do community service together. Uh, we have potlucks together. And we share conference rooms together. And I like to think that we bring it, we make the office a little more colorful because they are in the software side. Um, So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) all all the events people right there with all the techie engineers.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) So, what's the hardest part of being two entrepreneurs in the family running two successful businesses? I know you both have to travel and, and you've got two highly precocious, very smart children. How do you balance it all?
1: Thank you. Well, one, I always tell people balance is relative. You first have to ask yourself, what do you consider balance? Because for me and my husband, Scott, we find balance in the sense that we know as long as we're meeting our family needs, also family time together and our alone time, because uh, Scott and I also sometimes travel by ourselves without the kids, um, then we're happy, you know? And and also we like to be challenged at work, and uh, we don't like the, uh, the the mundane and the uh, just the typical path. Uh, but what I also kind of you know remind people always is that we have a huge support network. Just like how we have a support team at the office, we have a support team at home. I have a house manager, a full, a uh, uh, two part time nannies now actually it used to be one full time, and, um, and a and a maid. And there's no way I could do all the stuff I do without the, the service and the help because I know I'm not super mom. In fact, I, I don't. I mean, the things I sacri- sacrifice, as an example, is I don't get to pick up my kids from school every day. I do have dinner with them, but I do not get to pick them up from school because of my schedule.
0: So it is one of those things, I think, that having a supportive partner, whether you're a, the, the lone entrepreneur in the household or, or if there's two of you, and I know you and Scott do a good job of, of being supportive for the other one and, and wanting to see the, the business grow. I think a lot of couples get into the, the sort of back and forth of, oh, yeah, I have more stress. Oh, yeah, I'm busier. Oh, yeah, and I've never seen you guys really do that. You seem to be there for each other. How do, how do you make that happen?
1: You know, one is we realize, I think it's because we know how the other one's feeling. Um, we do stress on the fact that we need to over-communicate between ourselves. Um, and I actually have a lot of gratitude towards Scott because he had actually had another business when we first got together and he temporarily shut it down so that I could get my business off the ground. I'm extremely grateful that he was so supportive because this was a, really a shot in the dark at the beginning. And he gave up his his uh, dream to have his own business at that time and then it, once he finally saw that my 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 the business was going well, well and that I was established and I could do it on my own he then felt comfortable that he could go out go back out on his own and do it so then I I also felt like it was important for me to be just as supportive so I think it's because we've both been in each other's shoes that's why it works but I also have to say um, it's probably because We've also been through a bad relationship before, <laughs> each of us. So we knew what we didn't want, and we were very open and honest when we got into this relationship that, you know, I'm very career-driven, so is he. And and there are times, like, for example, I'm a morning person, and Scott is not. And when I wake up at 4, for example, like this morning – he does not want to be disturbed. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. if- so, so my wife, Sarah, who, who you know well, my yes. wife, Sarah, is not a morning person either. And actually, I sometimes wonder if she even believes sunrise exists because I don't think she's ever seen one.
1: And so, yeah, the example I usually give to people, yeah, is that if the kid is crying or the kid needs something, then that falls on me because he's the one that's up usually later and he'll take care of them if they, if they are having a nightmare or something. So recognizing that, you know, we compliment each other, um, be fair, and also be honest. Like if something's bothering you, talk about it right away, not, not let it bury because you're right. I think a lot of times people do feel like one is more stressed than the other. And um, and they can't sympathize, and because we can sympathize with each other of what we're going through, we're very very supportive of the the hard times.
0: <laughs> well, and I do think you guys are a real good example of two two driven people who are able to have successful careers. And I, I the reason I wanted to bring that up, and, and we were originally going to have Scott on this episode, we were going to interview you together, and maybe we'll do that on a future episode. And talking about how do you, how do you manage that? But the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is I think you do a good job of balancing. You know, or maybe it's not in balance, but but keeping it all rolling. And I think a lot of people are scared to start businesses if their spouse is driven or has a business or has a, a heavy yeah. you know time commitment career. So congratulations to you guys for doing that.
1: Thank you, thank you. And it's work. I, I never tell people that it's not. I mean, it's not always. A, how do you phrase it? It's not always a rainbows and unicorns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So what do you really love about this lifestyle of of, of running Red Velvet events and and being the boss? What do you like?
1: The one thing I do love is I love when someone gives me a great idea. I feel like I, I, I mean, yes, it might be difficult to get to it, but I feel like I can do whatever I want as long as I really put my mind to it. And, and I think back in corporate days, I feel like I had a lot more barriers, you know, that you would have to get that approved, this approved. And really the approval is like for me to find a client that wants it. And for me to find a, a person, you
0: know, a client to pay for it. So, <laughs> yes, so, I, so.
1: I, I love it. I love the challenges.
0: So what is the drawback? What does sometimes what makes you sometimes go, err, I don't like this part of running my own business?
1: Definitely, I would have to say the two hardest things, and, and honestly, these are the two probably that I hear consistently from business owners and entrepreneurs is cash flow and HR, meaning staffing. So cash flow, I, I think that's pretty um, self-explanatory, which means If you don't stay on top of your books and making sure that you invoice or even close deals, you know, uh, you could be in a lull. And whereas where if you work for a solid company, you're always getting your paycheck every two weeks or however, whatever your terms of payment are. Um, And and now I worry about that every day. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I look at our books. That's the first thing I do. I look at our bank account. I look at everything just to make sure I know where the company is headed every day. Um, Second is the staffing in HR because as the company grows, you have more personalities. You have more, um, uh, it's funny. You have more like people say, so it doesn't sound like you plan as much anymore. And he sounds like you're more like a referee <laughs> and, <laughs> and in a little bit, it is like that. So, um, so yeah, so th- that that can be challenging, and sometimes I just want to go. Oh, I was like, screw that. Let me just let me just go back to just being a simple person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I find that people in the meetings business, you know, I as a as a professional speaker, I really consider myself part of the meetings industry, and I don't know that all speakers see themselves as as so entwined, but maybe they do. I just really find it fascinating to be part of this industry because the the event professionals are some of the most creative and entrepreneurial people I've ever encountered anywhere I've ever worked, but But when you throw a bunch of them into one company, I would imagine that sometimes there's sort of the butting of heads of creatives.
1: Uh, Yes, I would say. But you know what's interesting is I don't find that's the part that people usually butt heads about. I find the part that they're butting heads about is usually, hey, that person has more events than I do. Why is that? Or (laughs) that person isn't – that person's only taking the easy events. I have all the hard events and the hard clients. So it's it's almost like a little bit I don't want to say high schoolish but it's <laughs> it is a little bit of like that's not fair just because I'm you know I'm better at this I shouldn't get the tougher clients you know
0: <laughs> Sure well but you do you do have good people and you do it you do a good oh, job I, I love think my of team. of of playing if it's if it's playing referee you do a great job of it
1: Oh well thank you no and I love my team because I, like I said there's no way we could be here 12 years later without the people we've had involved um there's just absolutely no way I know there's there's no way I could have done this on my
0: own. So what advice do you have if somebody is is kind of drawn to want to start their own business, especially if they want to leave the industry they're in and go somewhere else? I think that's fascinating mm-hmm. that you were that you were working for a software company in tech and mm-hmm. then you know went into the events world. If someone wants to 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 take a pivot and go do something else, what advice do you have for them?
1: I usually give three things. One, make sure that you have openly communicated this to your partner because sometimes Scott does joke if he was here, he would say, <laughs> So the way Cindy told me about this, I kind of had no choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you tell him?
1: Second is you need to jump right in and learn everything you can about that other industry because I really knew nothing. So you could not be afraid to know, admit that I knew nothing. So I literally read every book that was out there. At the time, there wasn't Wikipedia, um, but there was, uh, there was Google. So I would search and I would find things. I mostly read books at the time. I went to probably every networking event within a hundred mile radius because I wanted to understand how the network worked. I wanted to understand how the hotels worked. I wanted to understand how the people worked together. Um, And so you need to go in head on and just absorb it all. And then the third is have a plan because we all know that it's not going to happen overnight but set yourself a goal, whether it be 12 months, 18 months, a, a two years, even. I think that's reasonable to make it happen, because then you know you know you've given your best your best shot. And if it didn't work out or you're not happy, then you can you can you know gracefully bow out and then go try something else.
0: So I want to back up. So how did you tell your husband that you were starting this <laughs> business? <laughs> you you sort of so, glossed, you sort of glossed over that.
1: <laughs> so this is exactly how it happened and I will uh, spare you the, the explicatives that he might have said. <laughs> but, but What happened was Trilogy at the time was offering us a chance to take a leave of absence to kind of uh, take a break because we were on the road a lot and also some of the clients had pulled back and so I decided to take the offer to, to do leave of absence. He, he was in agreement with that. He, he was fine with that, but what, it was during my leave of absence It's when I decided to give my notice. And say, yeah, I'm gonna quit because I'm gonna start this events company, um, and I did that while I was in Hawaii with him. He was like, "What? What? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we haven't decided that <laughs> together." <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I mean, I was like, I guess I felt refreshed from the vacation, and I, yeah, came back, wrote a business plan, shared it with ten of my business uh, business school buddies, and and just took off and started searching for a name. <laughs> and,
0: uh, that's great. I love that. I, well, I think we should all go to Hawaii more often. That's probably great advice. If you want to start a business, yes. go go have a vacation in Hawaii.
1: <laughs> yes, and actually, that is true. Take vacations. I think people really think I don't, but Scott and I travel so much uh, for both business and pleasure that we we just we have a we have a way to mix it, and so to us it works. It may not work for other people, but for us, we don't mind mixing it a little bit, you know?
0: So when you have a, a client that's out of town or Scott has to go on a business trip, then do you go with him or he goes with you maybe for a weekend getaway and tack that it on? It depends
1: on the destination. But yeah, if it's somewhere that I've never been before and I can make it work with my team, then I absolutely would do it. Yeah. We just did it actually recently in Portugal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, so if you, if you really have a, if you are determined and you can make the logistics work and the finances, of course, um, I always would encourage you to do it because you you want to savor that moment and you also kind of want to re- be reminded too of what life was like before kids <laughs> and, and before stress of work.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, the the good old days I think is what we call those.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: So. so, Cindy, I we could talk about you and Red Velvet events all day long because you are doing really cool things and and you have some really good stories and great advice for people who who want to grow a business. However, I think some of the best entrepreneurs are observers. So who do you observe? It doesn't have to be in the meetings business. Maybe it's in software. Maybe it's someone who owns a restaurant or a dry cleaner. Who's someone that you observe that you say, wow, he or she, what they're doing is really good.
1: I actually, so some people might call this stalking, but I actually follow all of my local competition and national competition on social media. Uh, Not only, I mean, for the local ones, I'm actually friends with a lot of them, but I follow them. I learn from them. I give my advice when when they ask. Um, but <laughs> I just try to take it all in. So it's not just one person. It's actually the, the way i go about it. I try to make sure I really know what they're doing so I can, I can, uh, I can see how we compare, you know? So I, I would actually even say to encourage others, you know, if that's the fastest way for you to also learn your industry, you know, compare yourself to the top speaker, for example, in your case, you know, and compare my, I compare myself to the best Event designer in town and seeing how they do it and ca- how do we how do we compare?
0: And I think that's really good advice because so many people are like, oh, I don't pay any attention to my competitors. Or I talk to people in some industries and they go, I don't really believe I have competitors. And well, well we all have competitors. I mean,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we do.
0: <laughs> you know, as as a speaker, someone could show a video instead of having a speaker. Or they could have a band or a comedian. Totally. You know, yeah. I was at an event the other day and the opening keynoter was Jay Leno and he was fantastic. I mean, I was so pleased that I got to be one of the speakers at the event and I. Actually actually spoke earlier in the day, so Mm-mm. I'm telling everybody that I opened for Jay Leno. But oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> probably a little bit of stretch of how it all played out, but I did speak at the conference earlier that day. But, you know, at the same time, he's he's a famous comedian. He's not, you know, a professional keynote speaker. Exactly. And so you're, you, you have competition, even if you don't think you have competition. But I have gotten some of my biggest career bumps through being friends with other people in the industry, both other speakers, both locally and nationally, who share best practices. Or like you said, you you can sort of stalk. If they're not sharing best practices, you can see it on social media. But also other people in the events industry. I'm I'm working on an article right now for our local MPI chapter, Meeting Professionals International, on how do you learn and where do you get ideas from other people in the industry, meaning – Planners getting ideas from hoteliers and transportation Mm -hmm. companies and speakers and speakers getting ideas from, you know, vice versa. Because I think that in our industry, people are willing to share and are willing to make recommendations. So I think that's really good that you're always observing what others are doing because I think that's where how we grow.
1: Yeah. And I personally also feel it's very important, especially now that we have 12 years under our belt, to give back. So when people do ask, if I, um, you know, d- do I mind speaking at an event or going to teach a class? Or like uh, earlier this week, I, I spoke to UT students on Wednesday. Um, I'm always happy to give back as long as I'm in town. And, uh, or, this, or if I'm needing to fly, you know, I can travel to him. Because it's very important for us to continue because uh, you, that's the only way to learn and to spread the knowledge.
0: Well, and both you and I, when we started out in our respective careers, had so many people who helped us and taught us yeah. and, and volunteered time to mentor us. I like to give back and do the same thing and, and, and teach and, and just, I mean, I'll go have coffee with anybody. Sometimes yeah. sometimes people tell me, well, I'm too busy. If, if someone calls you know, to, to pick my brain or whatever, I won't do it. Well, if I'm really busy, I oftentimes will tell the person who's calling, can we do it at 730 at the Starbucks by my yeah. house? And yep. if that's inconvenient, then we won't do it, but I'm going to be at Starbucks at seven 30, probably anyway.
1: Yeah. And yeah. If, if
0: they want to learn about writing a book or how to become a speaker, shoot, exactly. people had coffee with me. I, I want to have coffee with them. And I know, I mean, you're crazy busy, but I know that you're always there for people in the community and you do give back. So thank you yeah. for all you do.
1: Oh, thank you. No, uh, thank you for recognizing it. No, I'm, and I always tell people, if my schedule's too bad, I promise you, if you email me your list of questions, I really do answer them all. I just – it may not be like right that hour, but I always answer them on the
0: weekends because
1: it, it's so important to give back.
0: And I bet you do it at 4.30 in the morning when Scott's <laughs> sleeping.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, he did kindly He did kindly uh, 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 elbow me this morning, though, and he says, thanks for waking me up at 4.30. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's say that somebody heard this for the first time and they, they don't know anything about red velvet events or, or Cindy Lowe and they're like, yep. I, I've got to find out more about her company or I've got to know her. How do they yep. find, how do they contact you?
1: The easiest way is definitely on Twitter because I'm active on Twitter and that's at red velvet events, all one word, red velvet events. And then the other way is connect with us on all of our social media platforms. So we have our website, of course. We're on uh, YouTube. We are on a Facebook page. We are on uh, LinkedIn. I'm personally on it. Uh, We have a company page as well. But Twitter is probably the easiest. And then, as I mentioned earlier, you can always email me, Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at redvelvetevents.com. And if so, I, I actually do respond to all emails. <laughs> just maybe not within the hour if you're not a client.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody needs a full service event production company that you you don't just work in Austin. I mean, I've I've been involved with you at events all over the country. So you're you're everywhere. Is that correct? We.
1: We are now. I know. I'm very excited. We, we basically have been on the road. We uh, have done several road shows for uh, several loyal clients of ours, and so we're everywhere. And now with our global DMC partnership, uh, we definitely can um, help you in any country, in fact. so.
0: Wow. I was just thinking it was across the nation. I didn't realize that Red Velvet could go global. Yeah,
1: Yep. because we have partners now in, in uh, 51 countries.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. th- this, is, this is cool. See, you're the exact person I need to have on cool things entrepreneurs are doing. So Cindy. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for being here and and like I said, we were going to have you and your husband on but uh, crazy schedules are what they are for all of us and so maybe we'll have you and Scott back and we can dive deeper into to the story of, of how uh, two entrepreneurs run successful businesses side by side but I really want to appreciate uh, a thank you for being here on today's episode because I think this is going to bring a lot of value to people. You know, I've been interviewing several people in the events industry and i think no matter what industry you come from you have so much that you can learn because people in the events industry we we work long hours and you got to work hard because events happen all the time
1: absolutely thank you so much Tom, and congratulations again on the success of this podcast i really appreciate that you even thought of me i i'm very honored and uh and always happy to help.
0: Well, and we are having fun. I get to talk to a lot of people. Many of them are my friends. Many are people I've never met before. But uh, having people share sort of the the things they're doing as entrepreneurs, I think is beneficial to everybody. I like hearing from entrepreneurs who are out there fighting the good fight every day. And I think that's why people are tuning in to this show. So for those of you who tuned in and listened, thank you very much. Go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening, to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great-sounding podcasts.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.